As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Thursday. Uh, Halloween's next week, which is exciting. But right now, we're bringing back the vault with Eric Moody. Nando, Halloween's next week? Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, this month has, uh, has flown by, but I have been proactive and I did buy some uh, buy some candy. It's kind of hidden in uh, our closet so the kids don't know it's there. Don't tell them, okay? It sounds very hollow. Yeah, just make sure they don't listen to this episode then. That'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. make sure. And Jakey Jakey. Yeah, you went to Eric first. I, was, I thought you were going to throw him off there for a second. I like to mix it up a little bit, Jakey. Yeah, you do. Uh, Although, what what kids are listening to us anyway? I'm sure a lot are. That's why we don't swear. Yeah. Well, Eric and I don't swear. <laughs> listen to podcasts about Fortnite, probably. Uh, that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're mixing up your genres. <laughs> no. I'm not. Uh, so today's show, we're bringing it back. Uh, if you remember, if you're a loyal listener from the early days, uh, we had some questions. We asked some questions. We wrote them down. Uh, we wrote down the answers, the responses, put them in the vault. And then, uh, the following week we would see who's right or wrong. But I mean, the second half of that is just for fun. The real part is, uh, getting the answers on some of these tricky questions and situations and conundrums. Um, but I did want to introduce a new segment, uh, which I just threw in this morning. It's called Help Me Give Advice to My Wife's Friend's Husband So It Isn't Awkward When I See Him Again. Um, he asked me a question this morning, and I wasn't exactly sure what to do with it. He showed me his team, a bunch of screen grabs, and I'm like, yeah, just uh, he's got Malcolm Brown on his bench. Um, but the, it came down to this. In a .5 PPR league, he has McKinnon currently in the flex, and he's got Odell Beckham on bench. Um, I told him I would start Beckham, and then I'm like, you know, let me not ruin this guy's week, and let me ask Moody and Jake. So... I'm putting it to you two to help Toph. Uh, Moody, you go first. Would you rather have Beckham or McKinnon in your lineup in the flex as a .5 PPR? I'd rather have uh, Odell Beckham, especially if he's like a flex, you know, wide receiver three. Got to go with Beckham there because I think it's going to be a Jamichael Hasty week. That's what I told him. I, I said I'm worried about Hasty. Jake, how about you? I was trying to figure out if there's an anagram for help my wife's best friend's husband. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't work. There's, two, there's, no, <laughs> yeah, there's it's a lot. There's, 
I know there's no vowels in there. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm starting McKinnon. That's not even a question for me. And really just because what's the best case scenario for Beckham is top 15 wide receiver, but it's been so inconsistent with the play of Baker Mayfield. It's been so inconsistent. Last week was a matchup, despite what people think about the Steelers, it was a matchup that they should have been able to get Beckham because they've been giving up a ton of passing big plays, but Baker played like crap. He's been playing like he's been playing as bad as let's say the worst five quarterbacks in the league this year, where the Browns, if they have a top pick, are going to be thinking about a quarterback. So I, I got to start McKinnon. He 70 and 80 yards and a touchdown in each game starting in place of Mostert. Yeah, but you know, well, I, well, I'm not going to say, you know, actually, I'm kind of agreeing with you here. Um, the big game that Beckham had, they, it was like relying on two trick plays that, that uh, with the three touchdown game that he had in week four against First of all, it was against Dallas. Secondly, you know, there was an end around and uh, a, right. a pass thrown from Jarvis Landry. So I know. So are you arguing for Beckham or against Beckham? I don't, I don't I even mean, know. I mean, I already told him Beckham, <laughs> but I might, I'm going to tell him that you forcefully said uh, <laughs> Jarek McKinnon. Feel feel free to, but that, my question still remains. Was that an argument for or against Beckham? That was I don't an argument know. Against, I'm sorry, that was an argument against Beckham because, I mean, you look at his string of games, not a lot of targets, especially after week one. Um, not He's never gotten more than five receptions in a game. His highest receiving game this year with 81 yards, which included that pass from Landry. Um, otherwise, it's been dotted with like 50s and 20s and stuff. But I'm willing to give him a break on last week uh, because Baker Mayfield shouldn't have been. He should not be playing. It should be Case Keenum as quarterback on this team right now. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's a good point. The well, one thing, it's like one thing with Beckham though. I'm like, what did he have? What 74 yards and like a touchdown back in week two when the uh, Browns faced the Bengals. So I know their secondary is terrible. I think he's in a good spot to go boom, but I agree I'd rather have Case Keenum in there instead of Baker, the baby maker, Bayfield, Mayfield, whatever they call him. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah, that is. whatever that is. All right, thank you guys. I'll tell Toph. Uh, I hope that was helpful to some people out there too. Um, let's get on to the game. Uh, first question. Jake, I'll go with you first. Uh, since I opened the show nodding to Moody first, and that seemed to bother you. Over under Cam Akers snaps 25% this week. Uh, we saw under. Just, oh, okay. Never mind then. Forget about the context. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead with the context. Go ahead. Uh, it was good. We saw Acres played in two percent of snaps, which was literally one snap this past week. Uh, after nineteen percent the previous week, and Sean McVay saying that they got to get him more involved between those two things happening. Uh, he obviously lied to all of us, uh, and then told Jordan Rodriguez after she pressed him on, you know, what's going on. He's like, well, you know, we didn't really get it. We had a rhythm in the the first. First half, we had like these drives that he didn't really fit into, and then uh, Darrell Henderson was in a nice place by then. So, I don't know. All right, how far under Jake? Fifteen uh, percent. I mean, are we fifteen percentage we... points? So ten percent for the game. The other thing that you left out is he also came out and all of a sudden backtracked and said he still has things to learn. Yeah. Like what? Like what the hell is going on here? Like I don't trust McVeigh as, as far as. Uh, trust Bilicek. I trust Arians if Rojo fumbles again this week. Uh, he's one of the few that in the league just frustrate the living hell out of us. But as of right now, uh, again, we say logic all the time. We were talking the one week on every single one of these shows about people we've talked to and everything about just play your best players and what happened to Daryl Henderson the first time around when all of a sudden it was Malcolm Brown show against the Giants. So, you know, it could always happen where he has a game plan and it screws us over, but at this point, it's Daryl Henderson and then Malcolm Brown, who's also the better blocker. I think Cam Akers is running in a little trouble of what Joshua Kelly is running into. They're rookies without a preseason who any rookie, even the best pass blocking rookies there are, 
will still struggle at times in their first year in the league. I'm sure, I'm sure Mooney knows this coming from that side of the bowl and the fact that like knowing what it takes to block in the NFL. So I, I think that Akers is going to be way under unless something happens. I'd say almost the rest of the year until it, it, something happens to Henderson or Malcolm Brown. Moody, do you know this? Do I, do I know what? Do I know what? What, what does that know? Well, as a former, <laughs> offense, as a former offensive lineman, Jake's, yeah. Jake's take. Wait, did on... you just tune out on me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was trying. I was trying to get Jake. Uh, Jake kind of amped up or triggered there, but uh, you know, I guess it didn't work. Just go around. It well, you think it did? Did it? Did it yeah, go I think okay? It did. I do. I think it did. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. You can read Jake's silences. <laughs> Uh, so, Moody, do, do you agree that, like, it's this Cam Akers issue could be like, hey, I'm just not ready, man. Like, it's tough to block for. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. Yeah. All right. So, we'll, we'll get serious now. So, uh, I do agree with Jake for where the lack of preseason, you know, does does hurt. But the reality is, I'm like, he, he's going to need to get some opportunities uh, from somewhere. And they're going to have to come in. And so, I'm actually taking the over on this. I don't think he's going to play, like, 50 or 60% of the snaps. But... I look at it this way. I'm like, when you have a guy like Akers, I'm like, he was dealing with the rib issue. You know, he essentially had a, another week off, so he will be healthier. But then you look at McVeigh. I'm like, to Jake's point, he cannot be trusted. But he's played, what, Malcolm Brown, 51% of the offensive snaps. Daryl Henderson's played, what, 38%. And uh, the opportunities have been split pretty evenly between Brown and Henderson. And so one thing like with the Rams offensive line, I like the way that they've played uh, this season. When we look at some of the game film, I'm like, they've done a really good job run blocking and in pass protection. And so when you look at Henderson's success, I think a lot of that can be contributed to uh, or attributed, I would say, to offensive line play. Uh, so I do see Akers getting a little bit more like involved. I don't think he's going to take over the backfield, but I think from what we expected to see last week, we'll see this week to bring all that together. And, you know, I also kind of like the idea, like where you said and Jake both said, you can't trust McVeigh. So if he's saying uh, this guy needs to learn a little more, then why would you trust that, right? Like maybe he doesn't and maybe he's just going to get all the snaps. Anyway, the second question is also a Cam Akers question. Jake, total yards over under 35.5 for Cam Akers. Well, I mean, if I have him <laughs> getting, what, 10% of the snaps and then still I'll take the under. All right. I mean, those could be 10 good snaps where he touches the ball six times, you know? Or it could be 10 snaps where he only touches the ball half of them and he still touches the ball five times, and now even six yards per touch doesn't even get him to 35. True. Eric Moody. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking uh, taking the over on here for Cam Akers. Uh, like the Rams, I'm like they rank six with 31 rushing attempts per game and 10th with 135 uh, rushing yards per game. And so I think one thing that's interesting when you look at uh, LA's like running backs, they've only averaged five targets per game like this season. Uh, I know some may be concerned. Well, what about the Bears defense? Tell, here, I'll tell you. You know, the Rams offensive line is talented enough to go head to head against Chicago's front seven. So I do see Akers being well positioned to exceed, you know, what, 35 and a half total yards. My top running back scores against the Bears have averaged 79 total yards per game over the last five. So I think Akers can easily exceed that number. All right. Uh, a lot of disagreements so far. Nando Likey. Let's go to Daniel Jones because he's fresh in my mind. Uh, the dude has three touchdowns on the season and seven turnovers, 10 turnovers, four fumbles, six interceptions. So here's my question to you, Mr. Seeley. Will Daniel Jones have more touchdowns than turnovers in week seven? No, he won't. Okay. Uh, F Philly is top 10 
at quarterback pressure, the Giants have one of the worst offensive lines when it comes to quarterback protection. They're surprisingly decent against their run protection, which is just to tell that, you know, you can go back to their busted pick of Eric Flowers, who used to be good in pass protection and sucked at running. And then they tried to switch a stance or they did switch a stance. And all of a sudden he became or it was the other way. He was good at running. He was bad at passing. And they switched the stance. He was good at passing and bad at running. So you can be one without the other. So the point being is the offensive line is getting way too much pressure in Daniel Jones' face, and the Eagles can get after the quarterback. And I just I don't see the way that Daniel Jones has been playing. And he still doesn't have Sterling Shepard back. It sounds like for this week, uh, I, I'm I'm definitely going to say at least even on the turnovers to touchdowns. Daniel Jones, uh, I learned this when I was researching. Forty-one point six percent of his passing plays, he's seen a blitz. That's the most in the NFL. Daniel Jones blitzed more than any that's, quarterback. That's what happens when you don't pay attention yeah. to the offensive line, right? Or you take the worst <laughs> of the big four tackles that you could have. You picked any of the four, and of course, Gettleman got the worst of the four. <laughs> you hate Gettleman, but he was right about Austin. I do. Mack. I do. I, after Eric Moody answers, I got a little Giants thing for you from Dan Dugan that I think you're going to find entertaining. I find it entertaining that you gave Eric's first and last name. Uh, Eric, will Daniel Jones have more touchdowns than turnovers in week seven? No, Jake, Jake and I do agree on this. I mean, the Giants offensive line is terrible. I, I don't know how else to describe it. So Jones will have more turnovers than touchdowns. I'm like, the entire offense is an abomination. I'm like, the Giants rank 31st in total yards <laughs> per game with 275 and 31st in points per game with 17. One thing of Jones, I'm like, he has the lowest fantasy points per game of any quarterback who has started three or more games this season. The Eagles' pass rush is going to have a field day. I'm like, the Giants' O-line has allowed him to get pressured a lot, 93 quarterback pressures uh, this season. And so they're going to keep blitzing him. He's going to make mistakes, and we don't have to go into his uh, robust history of turning the football over. I'm like, this is going to be a bloodbath. I'm like, the Eagles are my uh, top streaming defense uh, for this week. You know who the Giants' offensive line coach is? Mark Colombo. I actually knew that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't give you enough time to answer. You didn't even give any time. You just gave the answer. I'm sorry, Jake. Uh, I, I, I know you love. I know you love random nugget things like that. So Dan Dugan just tweeted out that Blake Martinez, the linebacker that they signed this offseason, used to eat a breakfast burrito, an egg sandwich for lunch, and then an omelet for dinner. And in this offseason, he found out he's allergic to eggs, <laughs> and that's why he's that's why he's doing better. Is the whole point? <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? Thank you, Jake. I knew you loved that. I knew you loved that. That's a good one. That's a good one. What a strange, I mean, I guess you're a top athlete, you know, you got to do stuff like that, but throw some chicken, put some chicken in there, man. Uh, <laughs> who will finish with more points in fantasy? Andy Dalton or Drew Locke? Uh, Jake, let's go with you first. More? Yeah, more. <laughs> I'm still going to, I'm still going to give Andy Dalton another shot. He looked terrible out there uh went on to speaking of getting jake mad <laughs> i was enraged on tuesday going off about the fact that we give andy dalton this wonderful pass for looking like the guy's been in the league for what 10 ish years mm -hmm. a veteran with arguably the best four players at running back and three wide receivers combined and kyle allen outplayed him last week and kyle allen is one of the worst quarterbacks in the nfl right now along with daniel jones you so, sound like someone i know <laughs> so we happened to be texting that day about the same thing. So we're referring to the great Emory Hunt, by the way. CBS, <laughs> CBS star Emory Hunt. And our new friend, Brandon Howard, who actually got in the conversation last night about a completely different thing about the Washington offense with Kyle Allen. So, yeah, it, it, it has nothing to do. That wasn't really like a Kyle Allen shot as much as it was just a comparison of how bad 
Andy Dalton played in that one game, even after coming in the game before. It wasn't like a spot start on the day of. It was had a whole week to plan, was in the game before that. So those two combined, Kyle Allen has played better than him at that time. So I'm not saying Andy Dalton's toast. I'm just saying we should be concerned about the entire cast of wide receivers and Ezekiel Elliott with that offensive line and how Andy Dalton looked. He did not look like a 10-year vet. If you just watched that game and didn't know who Andy Dalton is, you would think he was like a rookie or some career backup that shouldn't be playing. So I'm going to get, like I said, I'm going to give him more a pass, but this is not a good matchup when we're talking about pressure. Washington front is one of the best fronts at getting pressure and that offensive line is still miserable. This is, this is not too dissimilar from the Giants this week. Chase Young is back. Chase Young was back last week. I know, but I just mean before, overall, he's back. Oh, he's okay. here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Moody, who's going to finish with more points in fantasy, Andy Dalton or Drew Locke? Yeah, Jake and I agree uh, once again. So going with uh, Andy Dalton here, it's um, here's the reality. I'm like, it's easy to bash the guy, you know, with how he played last week, especially on the national stage. But I'm like, the guy is a veteran quarterback. I'm like, he's finished as a QB two or better in 79% of his career games. I, I just I just look at the talent that he's surrounded with in Dallas and is thinking too much talent to completely face plant, like in my opinion. Uh, I think better days are ahead, but they're really going to have to craft this game plan to uh, to play to his strength. So I'm going to give him another shot. All right. Uh, bonus point. Do you guys know who the tight ends coach for the Giants is? <laughs> yes, I do. All right, go ahead, Jake. First one to answer gets the point. It is Freddie Kitchens. That's right. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's why it's, we talked about this all season. Here, have, this is a name drop now, not intentionally, but uh, when I was doing the show with D'Angelo Williams, my podcast, he mentioned he said this was going to be a problem. He said, you, you just have two head coaches come in and now they're assistants. They're like one is the offensive coordinator, one's a tight ends coach, and you have a rookie head coach. He goes, you're going you're gonna to have a problem in the locker room because what does Judge have power-wise over them despite his position is you're going to get arguments. And as you've seen so far in this offense, this looks like a 100% Jason Garrett offense. So... It's clear that, you know, the shots are probably being called from different spots in the the organization. Well, Joe Judge, well, I guess Joe Judge was, he was the wide receivers and special teams coach for New England, right? He's got, he's like an quote unquote offensive guy. So like, it's not like he's giving the entire offense over to Jason Garrett, basically is what I'm asking. I I think he has. I think if you watch this this team and watch how it's playing and their formations and their usage and their plays – this is Jason Garrett offense. He's not. I don't think he's winning the locker room. I think it's Garrett's in control. And he's more in control than people expected. Another thing too, like of Joe Judge. It's again, it's kind of subtle, but you, you look at his hit his age too. I'm like, I think he's uh, 38, about to turn 39. And you look at guys like Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. They've been in the league, you know, for for quite some time. So, like to Jake's point, it could be that that dynamic for where. He may be as a new head coach leaning on them a little a little too much, you know, like where the inmates run the asylum. So I think it's definitely some truth to that. And then just as a player, kind of looking at that, when you see a coach that's that young, you have to have a, a head coach that's that young. You have to have the right type of personality to uh, command, like, respect of the team. I'm like, there's coaches out there that can do it. I know Sean McVay is one of them, and there's there's others in history. But, but yeah, I think it's a, a lot of different factors there. Zach Taylor seems like he's close, getting us off track. By the <laughs> way, I got a Cincinnati Bengals question right here. Who will have more receptions this week, Ezekiel Elliott or A.J. Green, Jake C? <laughs> oh, that, I'm chuckling because that's actually a pretty good one right there. Zeke's... The other four were crap? Thanks. Yeah, that's exactly All what right, I'm saying. That's fair. He's, fair. I'm just warming you up, there. Jake. Uh, so Zeke's got, what, five-ish, a little over five per game. So A.J. Green, I'm going to say Zeke. 
I think they're going to have to get the ball checked down to him because of the Washington pressure that I mentioned from before. And I like what we saw. A.J. Green, I've brought it up a couple times on the podcasts on our network this week and said that, you know, A.J. Green was kind of used and maybe trying to get some late career value similar to Larry Fitzgerald and kind of using him in more seam routes over the middle, some slot work, getting him more. Stop throwing the ball 15, 20, 25 yards downfield because you just can't do that anymore with A.J. Green. And now that's Teddy Higgins role. So if they continue to use him like they did last week, I think there's a resurgence. But as of today, if you told me the depth chart of how I would go, I would still go T. Higgins one, Tyler Boyd two, and then A.J. Green. So I'll take Zeke. Eric Moody. Well, Nando, I hate to disappoint you again, but Jake and I, uh, we, we do agree. So, uh, you know, when you look at look at Zeke, I'm like career-wise, I'm like he's averaged nearly five targets and uh, four receptions per game. And you just have to have that guy actively involved considering, you know, how talented he is, but also of how much you're paying him. You know, you're paying him a lot of money. You got to get your money's worth, right? But I'm just having trouble, uh, you know, buying into green. Um just given his body of work, like from this season to Jake's point, I agree. I think T Higgins is really emerging as their number one guy with Tyler Boyd at number two. So it was almost one of those games for where, Hey, we know green's body language has been off, you know, it could be some things in the locker room that are being said behind closed doors that we aren't aware of. And that, Hey, we just need to kind of appease his ego for a little bit. That's the kind of vibes that I got from his performance from last week. I just don't see it being sustainable. Fair enough. I think a lot of people are in the same boat, but I think a lot of people are also like, oh, finally, A.J. Green, you know, he was getting targeted early. Something, you know, he expressed his displeasure, uh, the squeaky wheel, and they threw to him and he did all right. So I think maybe he was 51. I think he was on 51% of rosters at the start of uh, maybe this this time last week after everyone started dropping everybody. Um, I don't know. He's buying some believers, but I don't know to what extent. Uh, fill in the blank. The winner of the Falcons-Lions game will be the... Jake? Falcons. Uh, look, there's a lot going wrong with this team so far, but the firing, similar to what we've seen in other situations like Houston, seems to have helped a little bit. Uh, you know, there's I'm not going to put everything on Quinn. There's a lot of other things that he had to deal with with this team and a lot of it defensively. But if you're going to tell me in Atlanta and be, who, <laughs> talk about terrible defenses, Detroit arguably one of the five worst, if not worse than that in the league. I'm going to take Atlanta with a healthy Julio Jones over the Detroit Lions. Eric Moody. Yeah, I agree with Jake. Uh, Got to go with the Falcons here. Um, the <laughs> team does look completely different uh, with Julio Jones there. And it's just desperation mode. You know, I think it's kind of like a sinking ship. Everyone's just trying to find something to uh, keep themselves afloat on. I guess perhaps won't have the fate of uh, what was that guy in a uh, Titanic Jack where there was enough room on the on the door, but Kate went. Mondo loves referencing Jack. Oh, he does really. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, I do, I do. Yeah, he <laughs> he can be surprisingly applied to a lot of things in life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna take us down the rabbit hole, but yeah, I, I got to go with the Falcons here. <laughs> All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moody, have you seen Swingers? Yeah, I was thinking. I, I haven't seen it. Is that the one with um, uh, Vince, Vince Vaughn? Vaughn? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. I just haven't seen the whole thing all the way through. So it's fun. Good, Whatever good happened to Vince fun. Vaughn? 
He just fell he off awesome. the map. No, I mean, what oh. happened? He disappeared. Like he was in movies, and it was pretty consistently almost like a movie a year, and he's just kind of disappeared. Yeah, maybe just not watching the right movies, Jake. I'm about to IMDb him. I'm doing it too, actually. <laughs> As you're doing that, let me. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jake, you IMDb him. I'll go to Moody first. Moody, here's the next question for you in the vault. <laughs> who who will have more total yards, James Robinson or Kenyon Drake? You got to go with James Robinson here. I'm like, he's averaging 18 and a half rushing attempts and 4.3 targets per game this season. I'm like, the guy's averaged 95 total yards per game uh, so far this year. Now you look at the Chargers defense. I'm like, they've allowed like an average of 96 total yards per game, like the top running back scores over its last five games. So think about some of these names. You got Alvin Kamara, Ronald Jones, Mike Davis, Clyde Edward Tiller, and Joe Mixon. One thing with Robinson that I really love, um, just when watching him on film, but also looking at his production, I'm like, he's been very efficient, you know, with the opportunities he's been given this season. I'm like, he's averaged 3.6 fantasy points per game more, you know, than expected when you look at his opportunities. And I think that's pretty impressive being behind like the Jaguars, a mediocre, I would say, offensive line. So got to go with Robinson there over Drake. Jake, uh, I don't know if you're still looking up Vince Vaughn and realizing I, he was in a bunch of stuff over the last few years. But. He wasn't in anything. He's he's just essentially, did you know, he's essentially retired. Enthusiasm? Curb your enthusiasm was like what a, like a couple hit episode that doesn't really count like four episodes. He was in Arkansas. I saw Arkansas. He was in it. You're like one of the ten people that might have saw that. It's it yeah, looks you know, like someone, it's someone said it was great, and I, I watched it. I was like, no. But Vince, it Wall looks like really because good. he's an executive producer for F's Family, so I'm assuming be, he's got a lot of time with that. I mean, if you look at what, who's heard of Freaky the Binge Arkansas outside of you, the Curb Your Enthusiasm was a guest spot for a few episodes, and that's like it. Like I think he essentially kind of semi-retired. No, good for him, man. He made enough money. Well, and he's producing now, so yeah, that's smart by him. I'd just like to see him in some comedies again, but maybe that's just me. This is uh, an it easy. Like you're dodging easy, the question, Jake. No, this is. No, 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 no. I'm about to tweet. Tweet on live. It was what I tweeted out yesterday. I said, put some damn respect on the name, like everybody always loves to say. I said, if James Robinson's jersey had Leonard Fournette in the back of it, everybody would call him a locked-in RB1. And I also brought in Miles Gaskin to the conversation because I said, if Miles Gaskin had David Montgomery in the back of his jersey, everybody would call him a locked-in RB2. James Robinson, this is easy, 100%. All right. Um, I, all right, I'm not going to – you know what? I agree with both of you, and it doesn't matter because <laughs> I'm the one asking the questions. But let me just give you the, the synopsis for Freaky starring Vince Vaughn which comes out on Friday the 13th next month. After swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. And Vince Vaughn is a serial killer. So I'm going to guess this is kind of almost like a comedy funny on here, Jake. Is he in that? Yeah, he's a serial <laughs> killer. <laughs> his, name, oh, his name is the Blissfield Butcher. So the Blissfield yeah, Butcher. It looked, there's a picture that looks like he's got a Jason mask. Okay. Yeah, that's, and what is that? Is like that's going straight to Amazon or something? I don't know. Alan Ruck is in it. Uh, he's the only, he's the only like <laughs> next big name. I don't even know who yeah, Catherine yeah, Newton yeah. is. Wow. Oh, no, Catherine I do know who she is. She was on Supernatural. I'll watch there it. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, yeah, this does kind of have a, a direct-to-video, you know, <laughs> no, uh, direct-to-streaming <laughs> uh, flavor. It's made by Blumhouse, so yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, only about a $5 million uh, 
budget there. So uh, yeah, I think I may uh, may pass on this one. I'd rather just uh, rewatch <laughs> I'll Halloween I'll let you know or some other horror movie. I'll let you know if it's any good, Nando. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, sounds good, man. You gotta Fair let enough. me know, Jake. All right, yeah, I'll, you know, I might watch it with you too, Jake. We'll have a watch party. We'll have a, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast watch party. Next question <laughs> in the vault. <laughs> Who's going to have the more more total yards this week? I thought this one was interesting. Uh, Michael P. Ryan or Jermichael Hasty, Jake? P. Ryan. I, I think Hasty is a little concerning if Jeff Wilson is active. If not, I do like Hasty. I think Hasty has a lot of similarities to Jarek McKinnon, which is why I'm concerned about Jeff Wilson. Not that Jeff Wilson's a powerhouse or whatever, but I just don't know that Jeff Wilson kind of isn't the one that still gets run out there a little bit more, given Hasty is a rookie, undrafted rookie, uh, mind you. So P. Ryan... Look, one thing we know about Gase is that while he seems to ruin NFL teams, he, unlike a lot of coaches, actually pretty usually sticks to exactly what he says. Like he tells us and then he does it, even if it's not working. He said he wants to give P. Ryan more touches and he already got the most snaps last week. So I think that, you know, this is the other thing, too, is the Bills. I've been saying this in the entire year. The way that you exploit the Bills is with slot over the middle receivers and with elusive over the middle escapability running backs. And P. Ryan is definitely that when Frank Gore, this part of his career, is not. Adam Gase actually has a cameo in Freaky. Did you know that? You're lying. I'm lying. I don't know. Uh, Moody, you'd you'd mentioned hasty earlier. Um, here's your chance to – I assume you're going to say hasty, but here's your chance to expound on that a little bit if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go with uh, go with hasty. Uh, I know in the – kind of the whole draft process, and he was he was one guy that uh, kind of on my radar. I know he's someone that I mentioned in uh, this week's uh, Under the Radar uh, column that's available at The uh, Athletic. I just published uh, early – yeah, early Plug this away, morning. sir. All right. But, yeah, yeah. I really like – I really like hasty. Uh you know, you look at the 49ers running scheme, it's always been very viable. You know, they lean heavily on their running backs, you know, as, as rushers and receivers out of the backfield. But, you know, I'll tell you, I think with Hasty, I think the 49ers have really struck uh, gold, you know, with this undrafted, uh, you know, free agent running back. I'm like, he was very productive uh, at Baylor. You know, he's very, very athletic. I know I mentioned in the column that he had a, a very high uh, relative athletic score, you know, which takes into account, it basically takes all those player measurements and, distills them into like a zero to 10 scale. So he's, he's really athletic. And I, I think he's really going to show everyone this week, uh, you know, what he's uh, capable of, you know, assuming obviously that Jeff Wilson is still out. I'm like, if he's in, that does kind of make things a little bit hazier, but I just doubt that they'll use McKinnon like as a bell cow. So he's going to, he's going to have a role this week. Hasty will. And if he's out, would you say it makes things a little more hastier? Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get that plug in there. It does make things a little <laughs> bit more hastier if hasty is uh, is unavailable. But no, I really like the guy, so I think he's um, definitely an RB 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 four, low end RB three, depending on the the depth of the league that you're in. Uh, I wrote this next question, assuming Le'Veon Bell would be playing this week, but there's some reports that he might not. Uh, but I was going to ask Le'Veon Bell or Justin Jackson, um, but I think we should X that one out for now because. I don't think he's going to have as much of an impact as people think, especially with, you know, it's Thursday. No, here, I'll change your question for you. You want to make you a Joshua want... Kelly or Justin Jackson? No, I'll change, no. I'll change the question long-term. This, is, this changes it to a long-term vault question, but until Austin Leckler comes back, Justin Jackson over Le'Veon Bell. Would you say over? Is that a Freudian slip you just said over, Jake? Did you reveal something? No, that's what I'm saying. I would take Justin, right, I would take Justin Jackson over Le'Veon Bell until Austin Eckler came back. Long, so long term, so I'm tapping this into the answers. Jake says <laughs> Bell. All right, Moody, how about you? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Justin Jackson. Uh, you know, the last time we saw the Chargers, you know, before their bye week against the Saints, I'm like Jackson finished that game with what 20 touches for 94 yards. Like he was targeted six times, outsnapped Joshua Kelly 42 to 25. The the thing with Le'Veon Bell, uh, I, I love the move really from a more real life football perspective, not necessarily from fantasy. I look at it this way: I'm like the, the Chiefs have no incentive to throw Le'Veon Bell into the fire. I'm like, the backfield is ultimately going to be a committee, you know, down the road, down the stretch. But I think I think they're really going to give Bell time to get acclimated. Where Bell is really going to earn his paycheck is going to be in the NFL playoffs or the tail end of the season. I think that's a guy on that team, just given the weapons that they have, really could be a difference maker that helps propel that team to another uh, Super Bowl victory. And so I still think it's going to be a committee with Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But for fantasy purposes, I just rather have Justin Jackson right now. Moody, you play the end game? Like, I, like I, this is how I play when I'm giving advice now. I'm like, look, this is I look at weeks 13, 14, and 15, and not like what the schedules are yet, stuff like that, but like what the situation is going to be, just like how you explained it. Um, is that? I mean, that's how we should be playing a little bit right now, correct? Like looking at the, the tail end and how, like, what this, is it going to be a 60-40 split? And in week 14, in my first round of the playoffs, because I finished seven hey, and six, like... Is Le'Veon Bell is the Le'Veon Bell the guy who's going to propel me to have like the most points in the league and be the super strong team that's going to crush everybody and really turn my six seed into a one seed because of the way everyone's kind of coming into their own in those three weeks there at the end? You're talking about if you have a team, like you're talking about for the end game, like for the playoffs, kind of exactly. acquiring players and building a team to kind of propel your fantasy team to a championship, right? Exactly. Yeah, and so I think Bell is uh, Bell is one of those is one of those players because he's going to get high quality touches like in that offense. Anything from going from like Adam Gase led Jets team, <laughs> you know, to the Kansas City Chiefs being led by a proven playmaker and head coach Andy Reid. I'm like, it's going to be like he's you know like on a shopping spree like in a candy store, and he's like an eight year old kid. I'm like, it's it's going to be phenomenal for him. But uh, yeah, I'm all about that. If you're in a position with your fantasy team where you have a, a winning record, well positioned to make the playoffs, I would try to acquire as many as many players that you can that have favorable schedules uh, down the stretch. I know Jake's probably mentioned some things like in his column about uh, you know kind of players to target in trades. I think those are the type of players uh, that can pay huge dividends for your team if you acquire those players sooner, you know, rather than later. Jake, uh, over under, Ernest Johnson carries eight point five. Oh my god! I'm never gonna let him go. I was just about to say I'm gonna call you Elsa. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> I know what it means. It's weird that you've seen Frozen that many times to make that reference, but you haven't seen Swingers. Wait, wait, wait. that many or times? Yeah, I, I have to see Frozen more than once for the fact that it was a nationwide, in-your-face, nonstop sensation for years on end, including the song that I would know the name of Elsa, and despite the fact that I also have a niece who's 13 and another niece who's two. How many times have you seen the movie, Jake? I think twice. Instead of asking that question and deflecting, how many times? I think twice. All right. Okay. And I saw the new. I, a, I saw the new one once, and it was definitely a supreme letdown from the first one. Yeah, new one's so, not good at all. Ernest had eight two weeks ago and four last week, so easily under. Let let him go, dude. I'm not. I will not. I refuse. <laughs> Eric Moody, Ernest, uh, Eric. I'm sorry. If, it's okay if I get your opinion on this. Just making sure. No, no, that, that, that's okay. That, that's fine. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad you're not asking me questions about Frozen. But I will take uh, I will take the under here 
for uh, for Johnson. A couple of reasons why. If you look at the Browns, you know, they lead the league in rushing attempts and they're dead set on establishing the run, you know, as a basis for any success they might have. They have to do that, you know, given Baker Mayfield's play. And his status is really uncertain, you know, after dealing with the the injuries from last week. So, you know, they want to run the football early and often. And in my opinion, Kareem Hunt gives them the best chance of success, you know, in doing so. Uh, the Bengals, I'm like, they've allowed the third most yards on the ground uh, this season. I think opposing running backs are averaging like five yards per rushing attempt. I just think Hunt is, is way too talented to just not feed him the football, just considering how well the, uh, the Browns offensive line is played this season, especially from like a run blocking perspective. I think they're criminally underrated. So I just think they're going to feed Hunt, give him all the, all the, the helpings that he can handle and just do their best to win this game. I'll give you one. I know. How about you want know, one where we might be able to get a disagreement in the same game? Yes. <laughs> Since being hurt, that being Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper's a thing again. So over under seven and a half targets for Austin Hooper. Okay, <laughs> like, hold on, I'm, I'm going to type that into the official record. I like that one. He's, yeah, over he's got set. He's got seven, ten, and six the last three games. Chubb being hurt, he's got five receptions in each. You could even do four and a half receptions. Do you want to do over seven and a half, over under seven and a half, and four and a half, and do a double here? No, I, I don't know how to record that. I'd have to make an. Okay, fine. You know what? Go ahead. <laughs> Over under seven point five targets. Over under four point five catches. Austin Hooper. All right, there we go. All right, Jake. I'm gonna think you're gonna say over on over on both. Yeah, you're too predictable. Did we get that in lockstep? Did we get that synced? I wonder if we did. Oh, that, that's funny because uh, Nando, you know, I'm, I'm going to disappoint you again because I, I agree with agree with oh, Jake. I was trying to get a disagreement. Oh, look, I know not... he was he was trying to get one, but Austin Hooper, that's someone I mentioned uh, in the column for uh, yeah, Jake, under the read radar. The column, Jake uh, Moody, I'm sorry, I read your column. Well, I know, I know you and uh, you and Funston are the uh, the editors. So I, would, I would hope that you would read it, unless you have well, that I mean, much, yeah. <laughs> unless you have that much confidence in me. You know what? Just, I don't have to read this. I'm yeah, just gonna get Nando. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun, well, Funston to be here. Let's pull the curtain back. Funston edited it this week. I he still did. read it. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, very, very true. Very true. There we go. Kudos okay. to you, right. Nando. Yes. You, Kudos to you, sir. Uh, okay. So both you say over. And by the way, just for the record, that's not a disappointment. It's. I mean, we're giving people solid advice that two of the best experts out there in the game are saying Austin Hooper is going to have eight targets and five catches for probably a lot of yards and possibly a touchdown. Yeah, I'm like you. you yeah. I'm like you. Look at Cincinnati's defense. I'm like they just allowed a, a monster game to, to Trey Burton. <laughs> you know, of, of all of all people. So I'm like the, the opportunity's there. You know, there for the taking. So I like to see Hooper. Uh, you know, go boom. You know, he's got what uh, he's caught what 15 or 23 targets over Hooper the last three boom. games. <laughs> he, he's trending up. Or I, I could be more descriptive. I could say he can go nuclear. No, I, I know just, that. I like that. Hooper, go boom. <laughs> Hooper, go boom. Okay, there we go. All right, I'm done, Nando. <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, although, uh, would you guys want two more questions, or do you want Catherine Newton trivia? I don't even Ooh. know who that is. We just talked about her ten minutes ago. She's the star of uh, Freaky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she really? uh, she, so I had her IMDb page up, obviously, and uh, she uh, if, she was in blockers. If she has to do a supernatural, then then I'll answer questions. It's actually block. She was in this movie Blockers, which is the most underrated movie I think in the last five years. Blockers is that about offensive line? That comedy line? with John Cena. I wish, right? Yeah, the comedy <laughs> with John Cena was so funny. It was so good. I would strongly, strongly recommend. If even if you don't like my fantasy advice and you don't believe in Ernest Johnson, watch Blockers because you will laugh. Guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. Right. No, I don't know why people aren't like Blockers is amazing. Blockers is amazing. 
But Blockers is amazing. W- without looking, do you know what her name was in Supernatural? <laughs> I know that wasn't really. Let's say Ellie. Claire Novak. All right. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> can we, can, Jake? Can we do fantasy, please? This is a fantasy show. Yeah. Can we do a Supernatural show? I'll do that. Go ahead. Talk to it with Scott White. You should be doing that video game show with Scott White, by the way. I don't know if uh, Scott White is a fan of mine. I'm sure. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> I think a lot of people have an excuse not to be a fan of mine. You guys have uh, actually a decent amount in common, actually. I don't know, but if he's never met me, he only has Twitter experiences and just seeing stuff on tweets and stuff like that, I could understand why some people would be like, well, I'm not talking to that. A-hole. Is this your coded <laughs> way of saying he doesn't follow you? No, that had nothing to do uh, with it. Usually that's what all, all roads lead to. No, it was actually just had to do with somebody said that about me last night with a tweet. I was talking about the fact that it was frustrating because the rankings, I was leaving people out who are unlikely to play. And they're like, where would you put him if he does play? So I put everybody in this week who's possibly questionable and said I would take him out if they don't play. And now people are like, well, what, I don't see anything where it says Goddard's going to play this week. I'm like, you can't win. And, so, <laughs> and somebody was like, well, you should just be an a-hole. To everybody. And I, and I tweeted out and I said, I think I already am. So that's where it was coming from. Well, Jake, I don't think you are. No, I don't think you uh, are either, Jake. Uh, Jake. Online. We got, we, online. We got your back, Jake. Yeah, Jake. I appreciate that. But online's a different story. People and you're saying, have... everyone leave me alone. I'm trying to play Mario Kart. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Stop asking me questions while I'm pooping. <laughs> yeah, Jake. Family show, man. All right. Last couple <laughs> questions. Uh, let's go to Moody first. Over under rushing is well. Jake looks up uh, blockers. Over under rushing yards, the Patriot running backs will get in Week Seven, sixty-five point five. I'm taking the over here on the uh, Patriots running backs. Uh, New England's offensive line, I believe, is talented enough to go head to head against the 49ers front seven. You know, from what I've seen on film, I mean, New England's offensive line you know, currently ranks eighth in adjusted line yards. So uh, I think they will surprise people uh, this game. Uh, I mean, even a guy like Damian Harris, uh, you know, could be criminally underrated as well. So I like them a lot this week. Jake Seeley? Do you want to move the line higher and get more aggressive? I, well, I didn't because I thought you might have – I actually was thinking about your answer and being like, well, you know, Cam Newton's getting 55 yards there, and there's no way they're going to no, run for 120 if, yards as a team. Uh, that's actually what they're averaging as a team when you take Cam Newton out of it. I'm good, Jake. There you go. Okay. So – uh, do you want to move it higher? I mean, if you want me to, but then <laughs> I got to go back to Moody. <laughs> that's also maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe you get a disagreement because I'm going easy over. I'm going easy over, lapped, really? oh, lapped over. They're averaging 122 a yeah. game without Cam. That's Cam's when you take Cam out of, of it. Them. No, that's without Cam. Oh, without that's Cam. Just, All right. That's the backfield without Cam. So push this up to 95.5. All right, I'll go 95.5, Jake. What do you say? Over? I, was, I thought you were going to go back to Moody first. You made the line. I like the. You can answer. You know, I'm gonna make it 93.5 <laughs> on your FM dial. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, uh, now I'll slide, I'll take slight under. Okay, <laughs> you're a dick, man. All right, Jake, under. Moody, what do you say? 93.5 Patriots rushing yards. I'll, I'll running backs. I'll, I'll still I'll still take the over here. Uh, That's why I went under. I thought Moody would stay with over. <laughs> yeah, because their offensive line, I'm like, is is one of their was is one of their strengths. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, you know, did struggle last week. But then again, I'm like, he's been out, you know, with COVID. So he'll be obviously more acclimated. But uh, I, I just think they just want to take it to them. You know, people on the surface may be intimidated by the 49ers front seven. But I think the Patriots can go head to head against them and have some success on the ground. So I will take the over. There you go, Nando. I wanted to take the over and I just took the under to say we get a disagreement. Uh, but you know what? If the Patriots running backs combined for 60 rushing yards this week, 
you can you can bring it up next week and say in our faces. I don't like to do that. I'm not a victory lap kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Last one. You, you do it without people realizing you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've put all the chips on to Ernest Johnson this week, Jake. Which will be greater? Devin Singletary rushing yards or the Packers' second leading receiver, whoever that may be, that person's receiving yards? That person's? <laughs> I mean, it uh, could be uh, Jake. Who's the, well? Who's the Packers' second leading receiver going to be? You see how I couched a prediction inside an answer? Yeah, I, I see how you, I, I see what you're doing. I'm picking up what you're putting down. So against the Jets, is I, I think that you could see more Zach Moss as they get him worked back in more after being hurt for a couple weeks. Josh Allen is still always a threat in his own right to steal some. What the thing is about Houston is it's a good matchup as we've just seen with the Houston secondary. And despite the fact that MVS and Rodgers didn't really connect last week, it was almost like 24, 25 air yards per attempt. And on the season since losing Lazard, MVS is one of the top 12 in leaders in errors. They just need to connect. And all it takes is one from Rodgers. I just feel in this matchup against Houston that MVS can, even if he comes out with two catches, could likely come away with 70 yards. So you're saying the Packers number two? And I'm saying it's MVS. All right, MVS. I'll put that in. Marquez Valdez Scantling. There you go. How often do you mess up the S's and the Z's? I don't. All right. Because well, like, you're, you're the best, Jake. <laughs> around. Nothing's ever going to keep me down. <laughs> you Eric be- Moody. God, Jake beat me to it. I tell you, I was about to, I was about to do that plug. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Karate Kid, that's a that's a classic. The movie still holds up very well today. And if you haven't watched Cobra Kai on Netflix, if you're listening, you need to you need to change that. Stop what you're doing it's now. Make decent, it happen. Not great. They should I'm excited they should call it season one, Jake. No, I, I'm halfway through second season and I've already done the same thing with the first season. Just really, Eric, I'm rolling my eyes because the show should just be called Jumping to Conclusions, Kai. Like that, that there's no <laughs> there's no arguments in this damn show at all if everybody would just stop jumping to conclusions everybody would just fine but it's just jumping to conclusions every episode yeah we rant rant over jake yeah i'm sorry i kind of took us down this path though so i'll I'll bring us back to football nando i'll bring us back so uh (laughs) thank you Moody. you're a good guy yeah I, I, i try to be you know, I'll try to be. All right. Devin Singletary. I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go with Devin Singletary here. Uh, with his rushing yards, will exceed the Packers' second leading receiver uh, receiving yards. So, you know, the Jets, you know, they're obviously susceptible uh, to the run. Looking back over over the last five games, I'm like top running back scores against the Jets have averaged 77 rushing yards uh, per game. And so Moss will, will obviously play a part, but I still believe it's uh, Singletary's backfield. So that's who I'm going to go with. All right. Likey, likey. All the Do answers I get a bonus are now- point? Since I gave Four. you also the number two wide receiver, uh, that wasn't part of the deal, but <laughs> sure, Moody, you want to give one too? I mean, that's a lot tougher. I mean, <laughs> I I gave the other answer and the follow up reason why. I think this is gonna be the last time we play a game on this show. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you, Jake. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Moody, if you'd care to give uh, the Packers' second leading receiver this week. Oh, the Packers' Feel second free. leading receiver. Does does yeah. it have to be a receiver? Can I go like with Robert Tanyan for a tight end? You may, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. the second leading receiver in receiving yards? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Robert Tanyan here. I'm like the you know the guy's talented. You know he's he's, he's definitely a mismatch. So it's just yeah. I, I think the pecking order is you know obviously Devontae Adams and then Tanyan 
and then uh, Aaron Jones, which are, are very uh, closely netted together. So that, that's who I'll go with. All right. Jake, uh, is that good? Or any more bonus points you'd like to try and squeeze out of this episode? <laughs> Over under 2.5 more times we play this game. Uh, it's going to be under. I get to, <laughs> it's unfair if I play. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. I'm well, just go ahead, Moody. I'm just curious with what uh, once Jake finishes uh, season two, like what his uh, what his thoughts are. I'm gonna have to like text you, or you're gonna have to tweet me about your thoughts. Yeah, on you're the season. Have to get to me after the season. It's not. Yeah, I, I, the, the NFL season started, and I was already annoyed as hell at the begin with. So, <laughs> Jake, what if as uh, as technically your boss, uh, I just gave you a day off, but you had to watch the second season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Uh, there is no such thing because I'm not going to put myself behind in that work. I will refuse. I'll cover for you. I'll cover for you. No, I will. Ref- you can't. <laughs> That's why these people try to like. You should get an intern. I'm like, no, because they can't do my work. And plus, I wouldn't trust you anyway. Thanks. That means a lot. Um, I know you're not insulting me, uh, and I will go to bed. I was I was talking about the intern, but there you go. No. Sure. No, I I do. But you know what? It, it, this is kind of a, a fun quirk to end the show on. Um, like people ask, you know, same thing, Jake was like you get, get an intern do the stats for you stuff like that and i'm like i don't want to do that the way i'm actually learning this stuff is by looking up all these numbers and doing things like that and then the process is how the stuff gets spit out so if someone right. just hands me a sheet with like here are a bunch of results i'm lost man like i need to be this in is, there like are you gonna matrix. go watch the all 22 and watch the games and watch the stuff and then pull all the stats that i dig through to find the things i talk about you're gonna do all that for me and no because I, well, I don't know I'm you know if, if they get you to watch cobra kai season two for the good of this show maybe that's not the good of this show all right, fine. But I, I guarantee, well, all right, I'll leave that for off the air. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed The Vault. As Eric Moody mentioned, his his work is up on the site right now. If you go to theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod, I don't know exactly what the discount is because I think it changes uh, every week. But go check it out, theathletic.com slash fantasyfootballpod, or actually just go to Moody's column and uh, click on it through there. Whatever floats your boat. But either way, it's very good. Uh, we call it Under the Radar. I think you could also call it Sleepers if you'd like. It's it's a bunch. I think 23 players this week um, who you should just take a deeper look at. And Eric Moody kind of holds your hand and takes you through the whole thing and doesn't make it intimidating. Uh, you know, like sometimes a lot of the heavy stats can be. So, and also Jake's rankings, obviously. And he put everybody in there this week. So get excited. Uh, <laughs> not out of spite for people who asked why he didn't. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you learned a lot. Good luck in your week sevens. I hope your buys aren't too many. Uh, And we'll see you again next week.